Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Nunas Nunchi podcast, where I do deep dives and reactions to some of your favorite K-dramas with special guests. I am so excited to have with me someone I met on Clubhouse, Wayne Boatwright. Now, why I'm excited? Well, he had a very interesting story when he introduced himself on Clubhouse. He said that he got into K-dramas during his time in prison. That's enough to go, what? What did he just say? So Wayne, thanks for joining us on Nunes Nunchi's podcast. So excited to have you. That's a great introduction, perfect. Basically, I'll say that I have three concentric circles of Clubhouse. I've got, uh, I do a lot of deep philosophy and, and politics. I do a lot of criminal justice reform and, and we'll get into that later as to why. But I've got this secret little stash of Korean drama Clubhouse clubs that I'm a member of and I love it. <laughs> It's my own, it's my guilty pleasure. I know it, I can't help it, but that's where I love to be too. And that's how we met. So. That's how we met, yeah. And, um, and, and, that's, and I do wanna share this. It's not just your intro, which we'll get into that I just uh, introduced you as, but your passion. I could hear it in your voice on Clubhouse going, man, this guy loves K-dramas and it's contagious, love, right? Love, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You love, you love it. And so that said, Let's talk about how you first got into them. So again, repeat, you said you first got into K-dramas, Korean dramas while in prison. Can you explain I, further? Who would think that? First of all, I know, who would think that? Now I gotta tell you, prison is a very surreal environment in many, many ways. Um, uh, hairstyles, for example. In prison, um, whatever hairstyle you had when you went to prison, you still wear, even if it's 40 years later. There are mullets, there are jerry curls, there are froze, everything you have, right? So, so Chris is a really weird place, but it's also a place that's outside of time in other ways. And, and you lose track of time in prison. You start to notice the full moon, you start to notice when years pass. And so you ask yourself, how can I stay connected to the world? And how do you find that out? For me, it was, to be honest, it was mo mainly about reading literature, mm. but my, my saving grace, not just COVID, and it saved me through COVID too, was finding Korean dramas on these back channel TV channels they have in prison where I could watch my Korean dramas and I got enthralled. And much to my surprise, um, before I got into that, my, I found out that my guys at the, I was the managing editor at the San Quentin News. And so it's a lot of, um, Prison's a lot of minorities. You know, I was like the only white guy there. Um, and they would watch Korean dramas in the newsroom because they couldn't watch it in their cell because that wasn't cool. But in the newsroom, <laughs> they yeah. could watch all the Korean dramas. And we would schedule times to go watch Korean dramas together and sit there and watch them and just be enthralled by them and be transported out of that prison to another world, another place, another time with the historical sure. drama. Um, so that said, how long were you in prison? I was there for six years, three months. So um, my, uh, my crime was I, I, I took a life with, uh, I was a drunk driver. And so um, I went to prison as an adult, not a child, uh, unlike many of the guys in there. And, mm -hmm. and in prison, um, I did a lot of work, um, and which is why your idea of dealing with the mental health issues and everything else is so resonant with me because I did a lot of work first 
introspection on myself and then how to be creatively self-expressed because just being within yourself isn't enough. You have to be expressive and part of society and then into service, right? How do we work with others? So that arc existed with my time in prison as part of how, as I like to say, I rebuilt my psychic delusion house from who I thought I was before prison to who I was as a committer of a crime, taking of a life to who I could become. I had to rebuild that, that house I was gonna live in. And Korean dramas helped with that. And so along the lines of that, first of all, that was really poignant. Uh, like, I, I feel a little bit like emotion coming in me and that's the therapist in me, but how did Korean dramas help you then? Like, how was a part of that introspection that contributed to, I wanna say your own healing is what I'm hearing. Yes. And, and it healed others too. And I, I promote uh, K-dramas everywhere, even on Clubhouse. Even, so I, even though I've got three concentric rings, I'll tell the people in the other ring, by the way, check out K-dramas because that'll explain this issue. For example, I just did a podcast uh, on the meritocracy uh, definition and the achievement gap in America. And so I use Korean dramas as a reference point to try to entice people to get involved in them. Why? Um, Korean dramas are aspirational. Um, they're all about what you can be, what you could be. Even if it deals with regret, it's how do you get through that regret to be something else. Um, American shows are much more uh, simplistic. Uh, there's, a, there's good and bad in American shows. Korean shows, especially Korean dramas, let you see that that battle's really within the person, not exterior. It's not that person's bad and that person's good. No, every person has this struggle going on inside themselves. And how do they deal with it? Um, and, and I love, love, love the way they're able to bring that out. Um, there's a newer show called uh, Startup, for example. And in Startup, there's uh, two sisters who've been separated since they were very young. And they're kind of setting up the rich sister who, who went with the mom when her parents got divorced, or her father died, her parents got divorced, and whatever, went off. And she had the rich life, the privileged life, the existential life. And so she's set up as a bad person when you watch the first couple episodes. True. But that character changes. That's and right. you get to meet her as a person and you get to respect her and appreciate her and understand her as a human being. And, and I got to tell you, prison um, is not just that it changes you. It, it, uh, it's like an electronic tattoo on your face. Um, uh, people don't know what to expect of you or who you are. And so I, I think Korean dramas with their ability to show both regret and regeneration and recreation are, are a wonderful tool, a wonderful example of how everybody's complex and that you don't have to be divine, defined by the worst event in your life or the worst event that you did, the worst act that you did. You could actually be more than that. Um, and I think that comes out in so many Korean dramas. That's why I love it. I love, when I, again, when I say I'm addicted, now I mainly watch Netflix because I don't have all these channels like other people do. I'm still kind of new. There's a lot on Netflix though. That's all you need, really. There's a lot on Netflix, yes. And you know, you, you would be surprised at this. Not only our hairstyles go over the decades, but a lot of these guys in prison don't have any contact to the, the all thing of the internet right. and how the internet works and what it means. And so I, as I've slowly been getting back into this process, getting an iPhone, learning all this stuff, you know, watching YouTube shorts. That, I mean, that's how 
you know, I, I might have found you on Clubhouse, but I found you on YouTube as well. And I get to watch your YouTube videos, <laughs> which I love and your smiling face. You know, this is the first time we've met in person because we've talked on Clubhouse a number of times, but, mm -hmm. but I know you already, you know, I, I get to see you already. And so those are gifts of technology, but I'm still learning my paces. I know there's a lot of other broadcast channels and other things, and I'm sure I'll get to those on K-dramas, but for right now, Netflix, no, Perfect. Netflix is good. I am. I, I mean, it gets overwhelming. So we'll we'll take one step at a time. Trust me, because I'm like, <laughs> do, I go to, do I go to Vicky? Should I watch Netflix? But Netflix has some great ones. So that said, wow, aspirational. I just heard that you said that word and that really touched me. Is there a specific K-drama? Well, first of all, what was your first K-drama that you watched? Because that's always memorable. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. The first one I watched was uh, called Magnolias in Bloom. Now there's another show that has a similar name. Yeah, the Camilla. Uh, oh. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, and it's called. It's also called Lovers. In oh, Bloom. okay, okay. Because I was like, Mike, no, you know, there's different. And, yeah. And, and it's a. Uh, it's one of the classic K dramas, which means that they're 20 minute or 30 minute episodes, not these hour long, high professional ones that you see now. It is old school K drama. Yeah. You know, a lot of interior shots. They're not traveling to, you know. Spain or something like right. that. It's, it's, right. it's like Italy, it's like Vincenzo. Right. Wow. Wow. Exactly. So, yeah, because that's, I'm gonna, I, I don't know the year of that drama, but how did you first see that in prison? What are the channels that you're watching it on? Well, see, now that's a great question. Um, another thing about prison is boredom is a high issue. Like, what do you do? So you explore channels. Wow. Now, I was in a dorm and in a dorm, you have 200 men and only two TVs. Um, we did not watch Korean dramas on those TVs. Gotcha. Don't worry. <laughs> that wasn't what, those weren't able to watch the TV, but they allowed us to get a little uh, flat screen for individual stuff, but it was broadcast. So no digital connection. So this was a broadcast channel. I think it was 36.3 in, uh, in California or 36.2. Okay. Uh, I think it was SBS if I remember correctly. Uh -huh, or, yeah, right. But it's a broadcast channel that's a local not pirate, but really local, local channel from the Bay Area mm -hmm. that would show these Korean dramas. And they would always be on at the same time at night, like 7 p.m. or something. Mm -hmm. So you had to be, and they're on every day because with these Korean dramas, they weren't showing them once a week. They were on every day. Every day. So it was such a gift to be able to, and to know that there's a hundred or 200 episodes. Uh, right. Half an hour so that you can get enveloped into this new world, this different world for time. I think I like that better half an hour episodes. Now they're about an hour and 15 minutes, a little longer, yeah. you know, takes a lot of time, but they they grip you. But that's interesting. I like that. So, wow. Lovers. Okay. So you watched it. You got, it sounds like, was it, were you right away hooked in or were you were like, okay, what is this? What's, I mean, I want to know what, what the experience was like for you, for you. Um, like I, um, well, I first heard about K-dramas and this will sound surprising because again, I'm, I was 49 when I went to prison. I should have heard of Craig John you know, but I didn't really think about him at all. Was the guys in my newsroom um, mm -hmm. who I, I would work late because I was the managing editor of our San Quentin News. I'm going to give a plug for it. SanQuintinNews.com. Go online. I'm the web manager now that I'm outside. So I, if it's any problems with the website, you can blame me. <laughs> SanQuintinNews.com. It talks about restorative justice activities and principles both in San Quentin, as well as in California, we've got a, a subscription base of 30,000 copies of the newspaper we sent throughout the California system because it's that value. Wow. 
And so I was the managing editor at the San Quentin News. I was working there. And I noticed that these guys would do everything at the San Quentin News uh, because they didn't want to go back to their cell. If you have any idea, if you see that movie Alcatraz, that's the size of the cells in San Quentin. Yeah. I, oh, gosh. Your arms can reach the walls. You don't want to go back to that cell. You want to stay out of there as much as possible. So right. these guys would stay in the newsroom all day long. Hmm. But around seven o'clock, when most of the guys had left, they turn on the TV to the K-drama channel and they would sit in front of the TV enwrapped by K-drama. And I'm talking about these guys committed multiple murders. I'm not talking about wow. just me. These guys would sit there enwrapped by K-dramas and talk about the shows. And so I heard about it that way. And then I said, okay, I've got to see what the hell they're talking about. And so I watched it on my own personal TV because what happened, what happened back there is they showed two times. They showed in the morning because that's the real time it's on in Korea. And then they showed in the evening which is the same hour time that it's on in Korea, I think. But it's the, okay. the right, time. but yeah, because they show it in the evening in Korea, right? So, so I couldn't help myself. I'd watch it in the morning. <laughs> These guys would wait till the evening to watch it because they couldn't watch it in their cell. They couldn't watch it at work in the morning because it's too crowded. They'd have to wait till the evening. So I knew what was going to happen. I loved it. You're I loved so, it. <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's I was evil. Hard for you. I was evil. I was evil. I admit it. Um, oh, but the, okay. So they were enwrapped. So were you. What was so gripping about it? I mean, let's break down the K-dramas. You're talking about people committing multiple murders or different murders or crimes. And then yet they're sitting there in front of the K-dramas completely enveloped in the experience. Why? 100%. Um, think, think of the family values that are expressed in Korean dramas. Mm -hmm. Grandmothers almost always live with the family. You know, if somebody gets sick, even if you've been feuding with them for 10 years, you show up at the hospital bed true. because they're sick. And um, most of the guys that I dealt with in prison committed their crimes when they were really young, some as young as 16 years old. Hmm. Um, and yet they were sentenced as an adult and so had to go into an adult prison. And so their experience of family life is diametrically opposed to anything shown on Korean dramas. Um, uh, most of them raised by a single mother, most of them in a broken home in multiple different ways, most of them with uh, a myriad of, of half siblings, which causes a whole other dynamic and challenge um, for their personal life. And so for them to have this model of a life, I, I assume that's what attracted them uh, to it. But most of these guys are lifers. And when I say a lifer, that means they're in sentence, yeah. uh, not just for life, but usually they'll have a determinate sentence, say 25 years. So they have to serve 25 years, but it's 25 years to life. So after they've served the 25 years then they go to the parole board and if the parole board finds them suitable, then they can be paroled and come outside. And if not, they have to stay in prison. I knew a guy that spent 39 years in prison, even though his sentence was 20 years to life. So, a lifer could mean life, whether it's indeterminate or not. Right. So these guys are always trying to find something, I assume, something new, something different um, to help to them. Say, yeah, to help them escape, to give them hope. And to give them hope. Um, um, and, and that's the thing about Korean dramas is uh, the cheesy endings of Korean dramas. Oh my God, the reunion 10 years later. So you see how everybody did and who married who and... I mean, these cheesy Andes, but, but they're consistent and they're wonderful and they're happy. Um, and I assume that when you contrast that with American shows, 
any American show um, is so commercial built and focused on wealth and individual success and fame and justice. You know, all the criminal shows are about, they're gonna catch the guy, you know, they're gonna do these things, not, not about fairness, right? Not about, you know, I'm not gonna turn you in dad, even though you did this awful thing because you're my father, but you've got to atone for it, which is what happens in Korean dramas. Um, or in the case of the one I watched, um, uh, the, the guy who was a drunk driver got out of it because he, got, he, he was really rich and he got his, he got his you know, this low life to take the, the hit form, came clean and admitted his crime and, and faced it up by the end of the show. Wait, and which one is this one? This is the same one, Lovers in Bloom. Oh, Lovers in Bloom, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Because the bad guy, so, so this guy becomes a good guy and he fell in love with, you know, first of all, all Korean dramas by definition have at least one threesome going on. <laughs> and, and if not three, uh, some of my favorite ones, it's four, four to yeah, one. Right. So uh, there's the, the main Cinderella lead and one. the second leads. Yeah, the, the Cinderella one, there's one girl and then there's four guys, right. you know? Um, um, it's, it's just hilarious to me how they consistently do this with Korean dramas. They have like a multitude of different guys all involved, all um, uh, on the cusp uh, of, of a relationship. But they also model a good relationship. Hmm. They talk about virtue. They talk about honesty. They talk about cherishing somebody, not as just objectifying them. It's not just how beautiful somebody is. You fall in love with them because how good they are. And that's, again, contrasted with American shows. Come on, you know, wow. uh, that's not how it works in an American show. In Korean shows, you fall in love with them because they have a, their diligent work ethic, education. Um, True. Uh, not wow, you, you are like the best advocate for K-dramas. This is like so awesome. So it, how many, okay, so, because I know you, you're an addict too. So my, how, how, many, how many times a week do you watch K-dramas? Oh my God, daily. I'd be, I'm honest. I'm honest. Well, me too. So it's my self-care. And I've got to tell you, it is self-care. Yes, yes, yes. It's not just self-care. During COVID, you don't see anybody. That's true. I've had a year plus with a lot of time alone. The only people who've come in my apartment, basically, are my kids, mm -hmm. you know, who spend time with me. And, and so it gives me a chance to really see warmth and happiness and love. I've got to tell you that on a personal note, you um, so you can tell I've got some personality and I'm friendly and outgoing, let's say. <laughs> um, uh, I've had to create a whole new social network since prison. And most of them are related to criminal justice reform because I'm very passionate about reforming the system that I think is broken. Um, not because of my case, because of the, the examples I gave. You're yeah. 16 years old, you have a 20 year sentence, but you spend 39 years in prison, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. 20 years is enough. You've learned your lesson after 20 sure. years. We, we can right. let you out of society. Um, so, so for me, um, it feels like, and this isn't fair totally, but it feels like with my old community, um, I'm a black sheep. Uh, I consider myself a black swan. Hmm. Um, but when I say my old community, uh, you know, I, I'll have dinner with somebody once. And mind you, um, I was a successful, we haven't gotten into this, but I was, I'm a, first of all, I'm a Ivy League educated attorney. Okay. So I, I went to Cornell and I worked internationally. I worked globally. I, I've done a lot of stuff. It's not just TV that I watch in, in my mother's basement, right? <laughs> sure. I've had a real life and a real world. 
and and the the ability to to connect to a different culture is something I've always admired and appreciated. Um, for me, especially because of the the loneliness that comes with this. Uh, for example, I've got a bunch of friends that we we lived internationally together. We'll do a Zoom call, six of us, and just chat for like two and a half hours, right? Just to catch up. Yeah. Yeah. And those are guys I haven't seen in 20 years. But my friends here in San Francisco, um, I might have one phone call with them. They just don't know what to do with me because none of my friends had ever been to prison, had any idea what that meant. They're not sure what I am uh, uh, now that right. I'm out. Uh, and so, so it's shifted your whole life since. And K-dramas, it sounds like, helped fill uh, loneliness or the void that perhaps you felt as you came out of prison and started a new life. Exactly. It, it really was, a, 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 it was so helpful. It, it is so helpful to watch these shows hmm. and to allow them to transport you and to be, again, this, this real sense of you can succeed. You can be positive that underlies every single show. Um, and a lot, look, I love all the tropes. The clenched fist when you get angry. Right. You got it. The swoon where the girl drops into your arms and you realize you really like her, even though you didn't know it before. And there's all these tropes that are so hilarious. Um, they are, they are. That's what makes the K drama so cheesy, but relatable and predictable. We like that. You know, people yes. do need that, you know? Exactly. That consistency is, is helpful, it's comforting. Um, now, I've got to tell you, it covers many different levels. My daughter is 15 and she was lucky enough. And this will sound crazy to, to you out, outside of California, but in San Francisco, she went to a public school for nine years where she had a Korean immersion program, cultural language and everything. Mm -hmm. So she got to learn Korean. That's she has a home book. She got to do all this stuff. It's the only school like it in California. And so she got into that program as a kindergartner. And that was very important to her mother and I that she got a chance to do that. So I've been trying to entice my 15 year old to watch Korean dramas with me. Yeah. Not yet, not yet. Okay, not okay. Yet. Get her into K-pop first. Is she into K-pop? Yes, loves okay. K-pop, loves K-pop. Tell her oh. some of the K-pop stars are in K-dramas. That's a great idea, I never thought of that. I'm not a K-pop guy. Oh my gosh. Beauty, True Beauty. Get her into True Beauty, even though I'm, right. I'm not thrilled about True Beauty. But Cha Eun Woo, Astro K pop singer, he's so popular. She may know him. I mean, BTS's V is in Huarang. Get That's on Vicky. So that you don't have Vicky. Okay. So and on Netflix, mm, the ones I just mentioned. But no, if you just mentioned her, well, Cinderella and the Four Nights. I think that's a great one. I love that show. I love that show. I know you love that show. I, it's I so love it. It's so man. wonderful. Oh yeah. No, no. And you don't get it. My family were French Huguenots. They came over in the 1650s. I'm as old school wasp Puritan as you can imagine. But when I got into Korean dramas, I said, oh. I know, I was about to say, just a, an, an older white man that just got so giddy when I mentioned Cinderella and the Four Nights. That is the best show ever, ever. One of my favorite, favorite shows. Is it's that got right? Music, it's got drama. It's got how do how does a family come together? How do you heal a broken family? That's true. How do you yeah. how do you bridge a generation gap in a broken family? Because the and middle generation is gone. You've got, got a grandfather and the grandkids. You know, and there's so much there. So much there. And friendship, 
you know, and humor. The other great thing about Korean dramas is even if you watch one that looks serious, like there's this one called Vincenzo, which is about this Italian monster. Vincenzo. Okay, but, but Vincenzo is about a guy who used to be the consigliere of a mafia gang and killed a lot of people when he was in Italy. Yeah. And he's he's still does. he still kills people in Vincenzo, but then there's like slapstick comedy when he, you know, dons a costume to be a shaman. I mean, you're just cracking up, you know? So it's funny. funny. It's so funny. It's okay, so funny. thank you. Because there are some folks on Clubhouse that we will argue, that's our next Clubhouse talk perhaps on Vincenzo. Because people are like, uh, it's not that funny. I'm like, what? It is funny. I, it, it is funny. And I love the fact they had the Italian tie. Um, the female lead doesn't do much for me as the, the attorney, uh, but Vincenzo gets to wear these amazing suits. It's true. That's another thing, people, so you wouldn't guess this. I mean, I'm again, I, you know, uh, my, my ex-wife used to work at Bergdorf Goodman in New York. It's a one and only store. It's, it's a very prestigious, you know, yeah. I used to wear Charvet ties. I mean, I was very much into fashion and, I love the fashion that can show up on Korean dramas. Like there's this one show called um, It's Okay Not To Be Okay. And the female lead is an author. Mm-hmm. The outfits she wears, look, I'm not saying they're all great. Some of the outfits in Korean dramas are very tacky looking to me, but the outfits she wears- She wears, yeah. Fashion. I the mean, that's why fashion. I watched her. I mean, that's, I mean, just some of her hats and the things, she, right. That's, I mean, you're right. The Korean fashion, the K-drama fashion is really top notch. I mean, yeah, you're right. Vincenzo suits. I'm like, wow, looking. And good. I gotta tell you, I couldn't talk about that to guys in prison. Here, I'll give you. I'll give you something. I'm gonna teach you a new word. Okay. Well, it's called Bonnaroo. Have you ever heard the word Bonnaroo before? Bonnaroo. No. I knew a guy as Bonnaroo for six years. I called him Bonnaroo. That's all I called him. I knew his real name was Richard, but I called him Bonnaroo because that was his name. You get a nickname in prison, and from that culture. Everybody's got a nickname, right? So his was Bonnaroo. He just got out literally less than two weeks ago. I got up at 5 a.m. and with some friends, we drove up to the prison gate to welcome him home oh. after serving 23 years in prison. Wow. So we brought him out and that's when I discovered what Bonnaroo meant. It means that you're always well attended and you know, like you iron your clothes, you're not wrinkled, you're well presented. I didn't know that's what it meant. Bonnaroo yeah. means, so I'm very curious to see how this guy tries to pull off Bonnaroo now that he's out. Because in prison, you don't got much choice. Right, right? I was going to say, but, yeah, you, know, you don't have a lot, Bonnaroo is actually, what's, what's, what language is it in? Is, it's not it's in just, English. It's just, oh yeah, it is. That's Ebonics, baby. Wow. Okay, oh, yeah. Ebonics, yeah. yeah. Things I'm learning. I, there was so much Ebonics in prison and, and I oh. never played that game. I never pretended to be black. I'm, I am what I am. I ne- by the way, I never disclosed I was a, a lawyer, let alone an Ivy League lawyer when I was in prison. I told him I was just a startup businessman that did a lot of startup work um, and used that as my, uh, my explanation for why I was there and who I was because they said, why is he here? <laughs> we know uh, why we're here. <laughs> why is he right. like that here? You know, but it sounds like you made some friends, good friends in prison. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, good. You know, they, they say that some of your best friends you, you live in a foxhole with, if you take the military analogy, and right. there is a brotherhood that develops because you know who's got your back and who doesn't. You know who's honest and who's not. Because trust me, if you're not an honest person, it'll come out in prison. Um, and everybody right. will come. 
By the way, the other thing prison is like, you're going to die. It's like a high school female cheerleading squad. The gossip travels oh. faster than the speed of light. I can, okay, I can get that. And the, the vindictive little, I'm going to tear you down. Because how could you be successful? Oh my gosh. Oh my God. These guys wouldn't like me to admit that about them. Again, they're, <laughs> they want to be only stone cold killers. They're like high school cheerleading squad. In my Interesting. opinion. Then maybe uh, that's another reason why they really related to the K-dramas. Cause you know, the K-dramas has that kind of right. That, um, that feeling of not gossipness, but like that community culture where you could just in, in Koreans, they like to talk. So I feel like that might be another way that they related to that. Just saying, you know, I, I, think, that's, I think that's a good example. And I, I also think um, uh, it, it fills a gap. They didn't know they had. Um, they had to become adults very quickly. Trust me, if you're 16 when you go to prison, no matter how hard-assed you thought you were right. before you went to prison, you're going to learn some lessons. Um, yeah. And so they had to become adults in certain ways. They sure. never got a chance to live in a safe society, um, a society where the policemen don't carry guns, right? Um, a society where anger is shown not by killing somebody or beating somebody up, by just clenching your fist. I think it filled a gap for them hmm. in a way that Oh, it's never shown, right? It's always down by their side. Yeah. You are different. so good. You're right. You're like, yeah, you are so always down by their so side. Right. right. So <laughs> or they funny. say fighting. Fighting. It's so fighting. I love fighting. I love fighting. <laughs> fighting. Oh my God. I'm watching a new one that does that where it's like it's about um some TV producer, this woman who's comes back to life and she's got a 14-year-old kid. Love, love, love. Let me see if I can find the name of it. It's love something. Was it love? Was it love? Yes. You know what? Was I didn't that one. Just came out. Love the show. Love the show. I was going to say you love all started watching. No, no, I, I can't say I love them all. Okay. I got to be honest. Um, I, I don't love them all, but but I like a lot of them. I uh, Some of the hardcore crime ones, I just don't watch crime shows. Mm -hmm. Me too. So I don't need to hear about all that stuff. Me too. Uh, I don't watch them either. Really I've heard they're very well done, but I... I watch K dramas for my own mental health, so I'll pick the ones I want to watch. Right? So and, no, and I, what's it? Was it love? I heard that was good. I, I've got to tell you the the best thing by far about Korean dramas is nothing we've talked about yet. Right? Okay. What could it be? The best thing, absolutely by far, the reason every American should watch Korean dramas, the reason every parent should make their kid watch Korean dramas is every single show talks about the class system. And America, we've hidden the class system with racial language, mm. but it's not a racial thing. It's a class thing. Classism, yeah. The urban poor are urban poor, whether they're white, Hispanic, or black, you know? Uh, and and we, don't, we don't acknowledge that in America. We've hidden our class system with racial language. Mm, um, and it's not, it's not racial, it's class. It's class. In every single Korean show, regardless, criminal, love, high school, every single Korean show shows you a path through the class divide. That's true. That's true. true. It's, a big part of the, it's a big part of the theme, right? Every you see single it. one. Those, yeah. Every single one. And, and that's true. an important lesson that we don't learn in America. We're, hmm. we're trying to vilify. All rich people are evil. You know, it's like, what? What? <laughs> right. No, no. You know, my yeah. son... My son's a little older than my daughter, and he was uh, 
he was writing a, a piece about the stock market or something in high school. And he told me that all billionaires were bad. And, and I realized that in his mind, a billionaire is equivalent to a dragon guarding a horde. Uh, you know, he's destroyed a castle. He's sitting on this hoard of gold. And if you can just kill the dragon and distribute that gold, everybody will be happy. And I tried to get him to realize that, well, no, he's more like an orchard farmer. Mm. You know, he's got all these trees that he tends that produce a lot of fruit. They produce a lot of income. But if you, if you cut down the trees, there's no more fruit. <laughs> if you cut down the trees to sell the wood so people can eat today, there's no fruit next year, <laughs> you know, right. and how much of the fruit can you take? That's fine. You have to tax his income, but maybe not his wealth. Or maybe you do tax his wealth through antitrust. But I, I just wanted to get him out of the visual, the, the emotional state sure. that, that rich people are dragons guarding That's a horde. Fascinating, yeah. Um, and, and in Korea, there's always a sense of duty among rich people. You know, they may have a lot of status, they may not always carry it, but they take that responsibility seriously. Right. That mm -hmm. they have wealth. And they don't always talk about all the good works they do, even though sometimes they do. But, but th there's an acknowledgement of it. Not again, just like I said that you know it's not bad people and good people. All of us have that conflict. That's right. I love and to share that because that's a big part of mental health. People want to be black and white or have it black and white. I'm angry, so I'm not happy. But I'm like, you can be angry but happy at the same time about something that's happening in your life, right? It's that love and hate relationship. You can love your parents, but also hate them sometimes for what they've done or what happened to you. I'm that's that's an that's a mental health is circular, right? You hear me say that all the time. So exactly the good and bad, the the intersectionalities of those experiences is a big part of life, and K dramas really show that. So that said. Do you have an ultimate favorite or the one that you think about that just, I don't know, is so healing or has given you all the feels? Can you pick one? You don't have to, but I'm just curious. Because of what I'm going through now, um, a lot of solitude, which by the way, I love. Trust me, if you live in a dorm with 200 men for six years, you want to be alone, sure. right? <laughs> so I get that. But a, a lot of Korean shows deal with the, that issue of, of responsibility that comes from solitude. I think my favorite one is uh, Memories from El, El Alhambra, which is set in Spain, because it, it shows you not just a mythical world and a successful world, but it shows you how, no matter how successful you are, you can be just as lonely as anybody else. And how do you deal with that loneliness? No matter how much power you have. Um, That's true. Loneliness is not, a class issue. It affects everybody. It does. And that show, and it's set in Spain. I love Spain. I lived two years in Argentina. Oh, wow. Uh, that's why I'm using my hands when I talk. I didn't do that before. In Argentina, I learned to use my hands. I also learned to give a man a hug called an abrazo. You give a hug, an abrazo. Abrazo. The first time I hugged Bonnaroo was when he got out of prison, though, because you don't oh. touch me in prison, you know? But right. I got to give him Did he appreciate abrazo. that hug? Did Bonnaroo appreciate oh, yeah. it? Oh, he gave it back 100%. He was. It was wonderful. Memories of Alhambra. Yeah, I'm going to have to explore that. I mean, I like that drama. It was very entertaining. Yeah, Pak Shinez in it, Hyunbin's in it. I mean, it's a good drama. <laughs> but the, the aspect of loneliness, very interesting, very fascinating. It's not like I didn't see that, but I love, this is why I love doing this, talking to people who have different perspectives. The experiences as they're watching a K-drama can be very different. And we're, and like I said, I'm talking to a white man 
that I'm sorry is like the biggest fan that's that that's making me realize, oh my gosh, I need to like uncover all the dramas he mentioned. Was it love, lovers, <laughs> which I have not seen. Um, so last conclusion, uh, last question. What's one thing we haven't discussed that you really want to share? We talked about classism, but what's a message that you'd like to get across to folks listening to this about K-dramas? Anything? One of the wonders about K-drama is that it doesn't, uh, because it is a genre, it really doesn't matter where you begin. It doesn't matter which show you watch. You will see a swoon. You will see a clenched fist. You'll probably have a, a kid from an orphanage who nobody knew about. There are certain things that happen in these gay dramas that give you a great sense of comfort. And you'll see the real Korea. Mm. Think about all those. Okay, the last thing, the amazing food they show in Korea. <laughs> you yeah. think, if you're an American and you think you know what comfort food is, oh no. Mm. Koreans have got comfort food. 100% corner. Every Korean mom or grandma, when you're having a hard time, she's going to try to feed you. Yeah. Um, and that comes out in all these shows. So you get to see all these different meals um, that are made in Korea and, and original and unique things. And I think that's a, a, a kind of a little treat that I, I don't know if many Koreans notice it because that's just the way. Oh, no, well, I didn't trust me. I mean, I I'd probably end up gaining weight watching K-dramas. You're like, you know what? I'm going to make some ramen right now, really spicy and add like the spicy rice cakes and eat it all because you watch it. And it just, that's one of the reasons why I love watching it. I, I lied. I have one more question that, that came up because we're talking about mental health and you have such a, such a poignant story. How have K-dramas helped your mental health? Um, before today, before our discussion, uh, I would have said it was uh, the family values that are demonstrated because I aspire to those values. Um, I was raised by a single mother too, by the way. So being a father means a lot to me. And so I've mentioned my kids because I missed half of their life. Mm. Um, and it breaks my heart. Not only did I take somebody's life, the most tragic homicide process that could be when I killed somebody as a drunk driver, but I destroyed my kids' chance to have a father in their life on a regular basis. And so I, I aspire to reconnect with my kids, to have a connection. And I think that aspect that I mentioned right at the beginning about the Korean shows, that they're all positive. Uh, I've seen so much negativity. Um, if, uh, I, I deal, most of the people I work with in the criminal justice reform area are African-American. Uh, and some are educated and some are the urban poor, it's a mix. But there's something they don't know when a taxi cab passes them by if it's because they're racist. They don't know if somebody crosses the street in front of them it's because they want to be on the other side of the street or because they're scared of them as a black man. And so there's a doubt that, that they have in America, a doubt about their success, a doubt about what's going on. Is this police officer being fair or is he racially profiling me? Hmm. And there's no doubt in these Korean shows about the aspirational goal. K-dramas are all about you can be better than you are, work hard, go to school, respect your family, respect your elders. And those are things that I, I think that aspirational comment, just where we started, is the quintessential element of the Korean dramas. Not the swoon, not the clenched fist, not the food, uh, not even the class issues, which I think are very important. Mm. It's that aspirational, fundamental underpinnings of these shows. And, and I love them. 
Uh, I really think everybody should watch K-dramas. I mean, you said it so perfectly. I, I mean, I'm just, uh, I love the word. I'm going to probably reuse that and quote you and saying aspirational. K-dramas are aspirational. I love watching because I want to aspire to, to be or, or have a family of what I see. Aspire is such a positive word. So thank you so much, Wayne, for joining me on Nunes Nucci podcast. I'm so glad to have met you through Clubhouse. Uh, any last words for the audience before we close? I am so grateful to have this chance to talk about it. And it's been so helpful for me. It must be your professional side coming out because you've helped me realize a lot of things about how K-dramas impact me that I didn't even realize before we spoke. I am a therapist, so. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you for joining me. I'm so glad. I'm so glad to have met you. We're going to be talking more. Let's break down Vincenzo on Clubhouse soon. Let's do that. And Clubhouse is where we'll meet because the, that's, again, my secret little stash is my clubhouse clubs that I belong to. And I gotta tell you, I'll be the only man in the room. There'll be 50 women in that room and I can't stop myself. I gotta hear, I gotta get my dose. Yeah, you know? the, the, the room's not complete when we're like, where's Wayne, Wayne where's Wayne? I know you stop in, but we're like, there's Wayne. So thank you, thank you, thank you. It's wonderful, wonderful getting to know you. Okay, be safe, bye. Thanks for joining us on the Nunes Nunchi podcast. You can listen in on platforms such as Spotify, Pandora, Google, and Apple, but also watch the podcast on our Nunes Nunchi YouTube channel every Monday where it launches at 6 p.m. Eastern.